Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Gabby from What's Gabby Cooking? And seeing as how we've all got a little extra time on our hands at home, um, hello, social distancing, let's get down to business in the kitchen. Come hang every Monday while we talk about all things food and I answer your burning questions about cooking, ingredients, swaps, tips and tricks, etc. I'm also going to be highlighting super rad small businesses and we're going to be learning about other incredible makers in the food world and who even knows what else. Anything's fair game in 2020, right? What's Gabby cooking in the wild? Here we come. If you're trying to build an audience, like you have to think about like, I want this audience to like me for exactly who I am. So I don't hold back and I just talk about things. Does everyone so make me a little anxious? Like, oh, what if that offends someone? I'm like, oh, but I don't, I didn't, I, I know I didn't mean any offense. So I, I want people to like me for exactly who I am. And my biggest fear is pretending to be something. I think so much of social media is BS. And I think people right now are craving realness, you know? And so I think about these things. I'm like, oh, what if people um, unfollow me for this or whatever? But I'm like, but I don't want people to follow me that are one click away from unfollowing me. Hey, everybody, and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to Real Pod. That was weird. I have never done that before, you guys. I usually would probably retake it, but I'm just going to let it roll because you know what? This episode today is about being yourself. And honestly, when I sat down to interview this incredible human, Justin Anderson, who I know all of you are so excited about. And if you don't know who that is, honestly, go to his Instagram, like literally pause this, go to his IG, scroll through, and you're going to be so just captivated by how real and authentically he lives his life. He is amazing. But when I interviewed him, I remember feeling super scatterbrained and stressed that week. I honestly didn't even feel like super prepared, but he's just one of those human beings who like is present with you and open and wants to have an intimate conversation. And I love that in someone and it makes the conversation so easy. And I'm so grateful it was recorded and all of you can hear it today. Justin Anderson is one of the most sought after professional colorists in the world. He is the mastermind behind the precious locks of A-list celebrities like Jennifer Aniston, Margot Robbie, and Miley Cyrus. You can check out his line at dphue.com. It's linked in the bio. But not only is he a fantastic hairstylist, Justin has amassed over 500,000 followers across social media who all love his captivating, joyous, and infectious personality, which he so openly shares with the world. Before we jump into this episode, I want to give a shout out to Lexi Hill 15. She left a five-star review on iTunes and said, I've never listened to a podcast before, but I'm in love. I'm a college softball player that commutes to school and practice every day. I needed something other than music to listen to while I drive. My goal for 2021 is to learn how to love myself for who I am. This is so hard in today's society, but I love how this podcast is so real. It's everything that I need to hear and know so that I'm not alone. I thought I was the only one with these struggles, but come to find out I am not obsessed with this podcast. Thank you for helping people like me. Lexi, thank you so much, girl. That makes me so happy. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to write such a thoughtful note. It really means the world to me. And you know what? This episode, Lexi, I think you're going to love it because it is all about being true to who you are. 
If you have been enjoying the show and you want to leave a rating and a review, go to iTunes. It takes less than 10 seconds and you just might be the special shout out I read next week. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast so that you get that automatic download every single Wednesday. I appreciate each and every one of you who keep coming back to listen. Thank you so, so much. Without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Justin Anderson. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. Your hair's looking fabulous, but I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I just blew it out. It's so snowy here, so my hair's doing wild things in this weather. I would have no idea. It's so nice to meet you. Um, been following you for a while, and we're in the same network. I know. I love it. We have all the same people. I was doing Dear Media forever, and I'm obsessed with Lauren and Michael. I still talk to them all the time. Um, I miss them, but it's an amazing company. Yeah, it's super fun. I'm a little baby, so I'm like only like seven months into being with them, but I love it a lot. Um, and I'm super excited to interview you. I'm a total open book. I love conversations. So you can ask me anything. You can go deep. Um, well, you, won't, you won't throw me off or anything. I like to have so much fun. So you can say anything. Oh, okay. I'm so excited. Yeah, and you're like so up my alley because everything you talk about is so my stuff too. I think that you and I, well, we'll talk about all that stuff, but I just watched your Valentine's video and I like started crying. I'm just oh, like, oh my God. You're the best thing ever. I love it. It was so good. And I mean, it took Thanks. an unexpected turn. My gosh. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like pretty, ble- pretty bleak. Like you're thinking, oh, oh she's good. So, so perfect. And that's so what I talk about all the time. It's the kind of stuff I talk about all the time. So we're going to have fun together. So let's just talk. Ask me anything. Yay. Oh my God. I'm, I'm hyped. Well, I mean, the first thing I was thinking is how I feel like I know you because you post all the time on Instagram and you, you are no filter. Like even I saw you diving into cancel culture today and I was like, this dude is walking a fine line. I know. I know. And trust me, it's funny. I posted that and then I went into my workout. I worked out with this trainer at this little small gym here because of COVID and everything. And I went in the whole hour. I had like the worst anxiety. I was like, did I say something bad? Wait, what if I did something wrong? I'm like, can I go out to my car and cancel this video really quick? <laughs> and I went out and watched it again. I'm like, no, I stand by it. You know, I meant what I said. I, I Yeah. Oh, no, I thought what you said was completely right. Like sometimes good people do bad things. I have a panic attack every day thinking about if there's some message or picture I said or did something stupid like in middle school that I I think like when I, I remember the day that I thought I was on like the cusp of having a following, I spent like an afternoon going through all my old tweets, all my old accounts. Not even that I think I have anything bad. But I'm just tax same. Yeah, just taking you my don't lens. know. And that's the problem with cancel culture. That's what bothers me so much about it is it's like people will even come for good people. You know, when I did the reality show with my friend Kristen last year, I was the same thing. I was like, wait, what if something from my past came up? But I was like, I've never done anything. I don't feel anything weird. But you never know what people could come for you for and try to create something out of. So it's just it's a scary thing. If people did ever try to come for you, are you someone who cares a lot about what other people think of you? Or would you be able to brush that off? Um, It's a big conversation for me because I do care, to be honest, because I feel like I put so much time into being my authentic self. And it would be a bummer if somebody tried to ruin that. Um, So, I, yeah, I do. People who follow me, I care. The rest of the world. You know, but like, I feel like I've created much like you, I'm sure, like a following that I like, I like to engage with, I enjoy social media. So it would be a bummer if people were like, wait, is he not who we thought we were? Because I can 100% say I'm exactly who I put out to be, you know, so. Right. But then there's that element of even if you are yourself and you've done nothing wrong, people are just going to misunderstand you. Like they yeah. might not get who you are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what now, we talk about. Yeah. Um, As someone who's super vulnerable, have you always been this way? Like when you were a boy, were you 100% who you are? Yeah, I really, really was. I've always had like a problem with, well, it's not a problem, but like filtering myself. I I say everything. I speak my mind. I mean, I grew up Mormon. So even in the Mormon church, I remember being a kid and getting kicked out of Sunday school and having the head of the church talk to me about it. Because um, I, I always speak up, you know, when I see something, I, I'm never one of those people where people are like, oh, just trust it, Justin, that's the way it should be. I'm like, no, but it doesn't make sense to me. 
you know, and I'm a big advocate. I'm really big on standing up to bullies. When I see things happening around me, I, I could never just sit by and watch, you know? Same. That's how I feel about the current season of The Bachelor. I'm like, how are you people just sitting there? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love it. I want to take a moment to talk to you all about Amp Human, who is sponsoring this episode. Amp Human is a performance company dedicated to helping athletes at all levels unlock their limitless potential. Their latest innovation is called D Plus Lotion, and it's a gel based lotion that delivers vitamin D directly through the skin. And it's the first of its kind. Just two pumps of this lotion applied to the inner forearms contains 5,000 IU of vitamin D3 to boost your immunity, improve sleep quality, and support brain function. This is such a great solution for anyone who is spending their winter indoors, working inside, training inside. I mean, as a volleyball player, I was always inside gyms and convention centers. So I wish I would have had D plus lotion then to access these important vitamins, but I'm so glad I have it now because all I do is work at home and it makes up for the time that I spend inside social distancing. Not only is this lotion a great source of vitamin D, but it's backed by clinical trials and is proven to triple triple your vitamin D levels within three to four months of daily use. So please say goodbye to pills and say hello to D plus lotion, the easiest way to do vitamin D. You can visit amphuman.com slash realpod and use code realpod15 to get 15% off your D plus lotion today. Once again, you can head to amphuman.com, amphuman.com slash realpod and use code realpod15 to get 15% off D plus lotion today. We're going to take a quick break so I can talk to you all about saving money. Now, I love online shopping. It's so fun. It's so addicting in a good way. And it's one of the most entertaining things to do these days. But whenever I check out, I see that promo code field that taunts me because I want a discount. Your girl loves a discount and it's hard to find them. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past because Honey is a free a free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, ranging from sites that have tech and gaming products, popular fashion brands, and even food delivery. It's literally as simple as checking out at your favorite store. And then when you're checking out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Literally, a free service that finds the coupons for you. Then you wait a few seconds as Honey searches. And then if Honey finds one, you can just watch your prices drop. I just did this buying some new LED lights for filming the other day. And it was so amazing. I just instantly got $15 and that saving adds up. If you don't already have Honey, you are missing out on free savings from a free installation, which you can get in seconds. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash realpod. That's joinhoney.com slash realpod. So you grew up Mormon. Are you still a Mormon? Um, no. So I um, was raised Mormon. Both of my parents were raised Mormon. So then obviously we went into the Mormon church when I was a kid. And I'm, I come from two really big Mormon families on either side, my parents' um, sides. And we were in it and it was an amazing way to be raised. I talk about this a lot because I am really, really thankful for my Mormon upbringing. But as I got older, I just started questioning too much. And both of my parents kind of pulled us, they pulled us out. So we, we stopped going, but all my cousins are still Mormon. So I have a lot of contact with the Mormon religion and I'm really, really grateful for it. But it just doesn't work for me anymore, you know? Did it cause any personal issues, obviously being gay and growing up in the Mormon church? Like, did you struggle to accept your sexuality? No. And I, I think that that was one of the reasons why, um, you know, I've always been like, a, I'm a big thinker and I love to talk and have deep conversations and I like to figure things out. And I consider myself a spiritual person, but I'm not necessarily a religious person. I don't think what, there's one right religion because there's so many religions in the world and all those people think their religion is right. You know, so right there, the problem. And so um, those rules within different religions, I was just kind of like, oh, that doesn't really make sense to me. You know, in the Mormon religion, it's like if you follow all the rules of being a good Mormon, you get to go to the Mormon celestial kingdom. And I remember being a kid being like, you know, but we love our Jewish neighbors. And so what? They're not they don't get to go to heaven, but they're good people, too. So I always from a young age just kind of saw a problem with that. And that's something that I think needs to shift within religions, because I think religions are great holding people accountable, you know, giving you morals things to follow in life, be a good person. But um, some of the rules, it's just, that's where a real 
forward thinkers kind of get lost on it, you know? Yeah. I definitely get caught up too with like who gets access to heaven or who gets the forgiveness. And I feel like if someone's a good person at the end of the day, like if there is this afterlife, then if you're a good human, you treated people kindly, like should you not get to reap whatever that benefit is? But I'm similar to you. I really embrace a lot of different theories and philosophies. I'm I'm now I'm shifting to more of like a nature person. I feel like we all have that moment in our life where we go from like a legitimate God to just feel the wind. And it sounds so funny when we say that, you know, and you kind of say it with like a, with like a grin and I'm grinning as you say it, but I do, I think that, you know, if you're, if you're a big thinker and you, you know, like, yeah, that's the way it kind of ends up being when we're, as we get older, you know, I feel like we're all put on this planet for some purpose, right? We don't exactly know what it is, but I think that we could guess that being a really good person, being kind to people around us, like that's, what's going to end up getting us to where we want to be later. Um, that, That just makes sense to me. What was the community reaction like when you did come out as gay? When I first started answering the question, I always felt like this weird kind of guilt being like, you know, it was actually pretty easy for me to come out of the closet because for some reason I thought in my head, I was like, maybe I need to have some sort of sob story to relate to other gay men or whatever. But it wasn't my thing. You know, I, um, I came out to my family. Everybody was super cool. I, I hung out with the really popular kids in high school and the jocks. And, you know, so I always had those kind of friends. I was never bullied in high school. So when I told all of them, they were like, oh, cool, right on. Like, we love you anyway, Justin. When I told my parents, they were both cool. My dad, this big, burly, strong guy, when I told him, he gave me the biggest hug. And he was just like, Justin, you've been honest your whole life about your feelings. Like, and, you know, you, you have to continue to do that. You know, you're a gay man and you just need to say it with pride. And anybody who doesn't understand is just going to need a little bit more time to understand. So I had a lot of that. And now the more that I talk about it, I'm like, that's part of my story that it's like, I like to inspire people. When I talk to somebody who's young, they write to me on Instagram. I say, how did you come out being Mormon? You know, I'm so afraid to come out to my family. They're super religious. And I'm like, you just have to be yourself, you know, and you have to have faith in the fact that if you're really, really authentic with your feelings and you talk about it and people love you and they, they, they genuinely like trust you and they believe in you, they're going to root you on, you know? And if they don't, that's something that freaks me out, but it's like, that's where we have to turn to our friends and therapy. And I don't know. I, it, it's hard for me like to think about parents who would turn their back on a kid for their sexuality. You know, it's just goes Definitely. back to that thing, like who in their right mind would choose a life that would make things a little bit harder. And so I just can't imagine people who would turn their back on them. And again, you know, the majority of the time it goes back to religion. And that's again, where as an adult, I'm just like, that's where I can't get on board with anybody who would do that to another person because of their religion. You know, your point about guilt is spot on, even if it's coming out as gay or dealing with depression or recovering from an eating disorder, it's always this I don't know whether it's like subconscious or not, but just comparing like, did I have it as worse as other people? And then if we get caught up in that road, it really just minimizes our own experience and then makes us feel like not valid somehow. So I think the power of your story is that it is different. And I think it is hopeful for people to know that you can come out and say, I had no problems with it. Right. Yeah, exactly. No. And so I have, I've accepted the fact that that's what it was. And I have my own struggles in my own ways, you know, with different things that have happened. So we don't all get to relate on everything, you know? Right. You mentioned therapy. Is that something that you've gone to for a while or like later in life you discovered that (laughs) certainly later on for me? No. So I love that question. And I love talking about therapy because I remember when my life really, really changed in therapy. I found an amazing therapist when I was living in Los Angeles and I had gone through a breakup and I was in my first relationship with my ex-boyfriend for seven years. And I thought I was going to be with him forever. And we broke up kind of unexpectedly. And I was completely heartbroken, devastated. You know, I'm a, I'm a serious, like hopeless romantic. And I want, I love, love so much. And we had a pretty bad breakup and I was just crushed. And I'm a, uh, being positive and being motivated comes easily to me, but I was just crushed. And so I went to therapy and I learned a lot about myself, things that I didn't want to listen to before. And I'm just so thankful for that breakup. And I'm so thankful for meeting that therapist. And I learned a lot about myself. And I, I know that's why I'm in the relationship that I'm in now. That's incredible. And I'm so fascinated by stories where people have been with someone for years and years and years, you think this is the person and it doesn't end up being the person. 
And it's just really interesting. Do you think that we have lots of different soulmates or are you someone who believes we are destined for one person? I love love too. <laughs> I love love so much. And it's funny because, you know, if you'd asked me that in my 20s, I would, I would always be like, oh, there's that one person. You're going to be with them forever. But as I get older, I think that life shifts. And I think that when it really changes is when we realize that it does shift, you know, and with my current partner now, we've been together. It'll be seven years. So again, I'm in another seven years relationship back to back. I took a two-year break though to really work on myself. I feel like <laughs> I feel like people need that two-year break. Everyone always told me that, and it was so true. At the two-year mark after my last breakup, I was totally ready for love again. But I think when you um, kind of accept the fact that life is going to change and you have to grow with your partner, and you guys are always kind of talking about that, like I do, I I 100% believe that I will be with my partner. His name is Austin. His nickname is Scoop. But I believe I'll be with Scoop forever because we have these kind of conversations all the time, and it's the first time that I've ever been with someone that I feel completely okay being absolutely vulnerable. And that's to me is the biggest secret that I wasn't able to be in my last relationship, asking for help, saying when you're sad or anxious or depressed and having a partner who's like, babe, that's all right. You're allowed to have those feelings. And that's what I have now. I have a partner who's patient. He's kind, the sweetest person I've ever met in my entire life. The good kind of sweet, not a pushover sweet. He's just a good person and he's a good listener. And I have faith that, that, that I've, I feel completely fulfilled in that department of my life. I couldn't imagine wanting something else. So unless I, I fuck that. it up, I think this is it. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think you just said it with that you can't imagine your life another way because I too battle with like, I love Max. And I think everything you just said really resonates with me. And I, but I do think like, I'm a realist. I think if we never met, yeah, I probably would have found another person and I would have married them. Like, I, I think so. But because I've met him, I don't want to meet anyone else. He's yeah. the one I want to be with. Totally. And I remember though, when I met Scoot, my partner now, you know, he was so, if someone asked him, what's your type or who do you want to be with? I wouldn't have explained Scoot when I met him, you know, but I remember our first date, I picked him up, he got in the car and I really did. I looked at him and he just kind of gave me like a smile and I was like, this is it. Like I just had that <laughs> feeling, you know? And we talk about the time, we kind of joke about it. He's like, what if we didn't meet in LA or what if our, our paths never crossed, you know, and now being in the relationship for seven years. And I was like, I genuinely believe they would have. I would have found you or you would have found me. You know what I mean? It's like, because yeah. it's like, I feel such a connection to him. Like I've never felt before. Like I would have found him. You know what I mean? And especially nowadays with social media and the world being so much smaller than it's ever been before. Like I would have found a picture of him. I would have been intrigued by him. I would have like done my, we would have found each other. I really, I believe that. But don't you think that circumstance is everything? Like the place you meet someone in the time you're at in your life, because I think there's yeah. times in my life where if I would have met Max, it wouldn't have worked out. <laughs> oh my gosh. If I met Scoop five years earlier, it would have been a shit show. You know what I mean? Like I was like partying at that time and I was, I, I wanted so many different things out of life. And yes, our, our lives passed at exactly the right time. You know, he's an old soul. I was such, a, I, I needed to grow up to be in a healthy relationship. So it was the perfect timing. Rewinding to the two years where you went into on that internal journey, what was like one of the biggest realizations you had in therapy? And I'm like a therapy junkie. I love hearing about uh, working on the inner self. You know, I grew up with an alcoholic dad who was a very present dad. So I had a good dad who was always there. I knew I could count on him. He was dependable. But when you have an alcoholic parent, uh, everything feels a little bit uneasy. You don't know what the mood's going to be that night or that weekend. You don't know how the family vacation's going to be. So I was always kind of basing my mood off of how my dad was, right? So it was like, if things in the family were kind of like down, never was quiet, I would get really loud and try to entertain everybody. So I always made everything about everybody else. So then when I was in my first relationship for those seven years with an amazing guy, Bob, who's a really good friend of mine, he's a big personality. I did the same thing in that relationship. I always made it about him. I kind of put my feelings aside. If I was feeling down, I didn't feel like I had the capacity or I didn't feel like I was allowed to say I'm depressed or I'm stressed out or I'm scared. And so I held a lot of stuff in and I would take it out on the relationship in different ways. And he didn't take advantage of me like he meant to, but it just wasn't healthy. So when I went to therapy and I learned a lot about being an empath or, and, ha and having an alcoholic parent, I was like, wow, those really are where my issues come from. And when I learned how to just say what I was feeling, ask for help when I needed it, it changed everything for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it, it honestly, it hits. Um, 
both my boyfriend and I have uh, had family and like family histories of substance abuse as well. So I know the experience of of that. And, and it's tough. Is that something that you've been able to address with your dad now as the years have gone on? Like you're an open person. Is your family open as well? And you've been able to have those conversations or is it one of those things you, you have to forgive, figure out and move forward with yourself? You know, this is the first time I'll probably say this out loud and my family can hear it. We can all talk about it later. But I think that the issue is, is that like I have put the work in and I want to have the real conversations. And as much as I love my family and they're amazing, good, good people, they don't want to scratch the surface and they kind of want to just be where they're at and just kind of like, let's get through it. And that doesn't work for me anymore. So I kind of have a hard time, you know, when people are like, oh, everything was great. It was wonderful. You know, dad and mom, they're amazing and everything. And it was, I, I will forever say I had an amazing childhood and it made me who I am as an adult, but there were definitely things like our feelings weren't, we weren't able to talk about them. So that is a struggle now. And, you know, take the uh, story further and I won't, I won't cry because I haven't talked about this stuff, but my dad just died, you know, uh, three weeks ago. And, um, I feel complete with it now because, you know, um, we had all these conversations before he couldn't beat his addiction. He went in and out of rehab forever. My dad ended up, we always, we lived in Southern California. He ended up moving to Oklahoma and, um, he essentially took his own life. You know, he's just, he's been struggling with this addiction. And so it's hard. And it's, so it's something that I'm dealing with now, but, um, I wish that we could, I wish we could have gotten deeper as a family, but it's conversations that we're having now. Um, I'm so sorry for your loss. I was not aware. So I just hope, you know, I, if you thought I was prying, I. No, 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 Um, no, no. I appreciate you being open about that. I know the grieving process is different for everyone. And especially I think substance abuse is so stigmatized that it's hard to come across conversations of people willing to talk about it because usually the person who wants to talk about it publicly is the I'm thinking of like Al-Anon, but is the person who has to have the relationship with the addict. So it's hard to find those conversations because then you don't, those people don't feel like they have the right to even speak on it. So I do appreciate, you know, what you've just shared because there are so many people out there, I think, who are in this position and you just, it's hard to find that conversation. Absolutely. And I, I find for me, the thing that really, really helps me is recognizing that addiction is a real disease. And I didn't do that a lot younger. It was like, why, why don't you just quit? Like, give it up. I don't, but there's something so much deeper to it. And I'm sure you, you know, and I don't have the right terms, but it's a disease and it's not something right. people can just switch on and off, you know, and my dad had his own issues from growing up and things that happened in his life that he didn't get proper therapy about or deal with. And um, so it, it would always trigger his addiction. And so I know my dad loved me. I know he had a great life, all those kind of things. And those are the things that I have to, I have to think about. I know he's in a better place now. Um, I, I'm happy that he's not suffering. So um, it's good. But I think recognizing that it's a real disease, you know? Definitely. One of the things that helped me internalize that was just the phrase that a person's not thinking, do I want X or a glass of wine? And they're choosing the glass of wine. Like it's not an active choice where you are less worthy to them in their life. And it's so hard for me to wrap my head around that. I mean, you are obviously a go-getter. You built this insane career for yourself. You took a risk. Like you get shit done. Like I could imagine if I gave you a list of things to do, you would do it. So it's really hard. And I'm an athlete, so I'm the same way to think about how someone can't just like stop. Like there's a problem, just stop. But it's so much more intense than that. Absolutely. I, I am. I'm such a go-getter. I love a challenge. And I always think about athletes because ath- like professional athletes like yourself, like it, it blows my mind what goes into that, you know? And, uh, but I know it's a drive. A lot of people don't have that kind of drive. And so, um, it's not just a choice. And it's funny, my best friend since high school, she's, um, in OA. So overeaters anonymous, you know, and the conversations that I've had with her about addiction, you know, and her talking about it being a disease, really made it make sense to me, you know, and I'm just grateful that, you know, my dad, that it can be passed down through genetics and whatnot. And I have addictions to other things, you know, I'm addicted to working out and uh, things that hype me up, but um, I'm not addicted to alcohol. I don't, yeah, that's not my thing. So I have to be grateful for that. After literally sitting in the same sweatpants all year, no shame, I have decided to freshen up my wardrobe finally and have been shopping on Curtsy. Curtsy is an app where you can buy clothing items from real women in your size and style, 
and sell any of your clothing items. Because if you're like me, you do a closet clean out at least once a month. On Curtsy, you can find brands like Urban Outfitters, Princess Polly, Champion, Free People, and Levi's all up to 70% off. I'm so excited because I ordered the cutest pair of Nike shoes and I got them for such a deal. And if you want to sell your own clothes, they make it so easy. They suggest prices, they mail you free shipping labels, and you can instantly cash out to your debit card. So if you want a sustainable way to get Urban, Champion, and Lulu delivered directly to your door, download Curtsy today and enter promo code REAL for 15% off your first order. Just search for Curtsy in the app store, spelled C-U-R-T-S-Y, and enter promo code REAL for 15% off your first order. Download the Curtsy app today and enter promo code REAL. In terms of your mental health, have you dealt with anxiety, depression throughout your life? Was it just that breakup that made you want to kind of dig deeper? Or did you have any other moments where life was hard? You know, when I look back on it again, depression is such a big thing in the world. And now we're seeing it more than ever, you know, and these are, I listen to people when they talk about their depression and I believe in depression. I haven't battled depression in my life unless it's, I can think of three major times, you know, it was when I was dealing with my sexuality and I was scared to come out of the closet, you know, so I, I kind of had anxiety. I was dealing with anxiety and depression when I went through my first breakup. And then just recently with my dad, you know, when my dad when he passed away, I, you know, everyone was checking in with him. It was, it was so great to hear from all my good friends and whatnot. And I wasn't putting on a front. I genuinely like kept going and I was working out and I was being there for my siblings. But what ended up happening was a couple of weeks later, all of a sudden every day at three o'clock, I would just get wildly tired. Like I don't take naps and I would just take like a two hour nap. And I was sitting, I was like, what is going on? And I would try to fight it every day. I'm like, should I go do another workout right now? And I'm like, oh no, Justin, like you're, you're depressed. You're dealing with depression. And um, my partner now, Scoot, just kind of explained it to me. He's like, it's just it's what your body's going through. Like you're, you're trying to fight depression. Like just feel it. Talk about your feelings, you know, like be in it. And it was just so interesting. It sounds so simple when you talk about it. But to me, it's like I needed to be told that. I needed to be like, okay, it's okay to feel these feelings. Be completely depleted. You know, it's a big deal. And I'm the type that tries to run from all those feelings. Just keep going, you know? <laughs> right. And I resonate with how you said, and how you said you were judging and thinking, well, should I work out or why am I so tired? Something like depression because it's an invisible injury or anxiety. We often try to figure out like, well, what's the physical problem that caused this or how I can physically fix it when you wouldn't say that if you had a cut on your leg, you know? Exactly. exactly. And the thing with anxiety, you know, when people talk to me, absolutely. Like I've experienced a lot of anxiety in my, in my life. But one thing I'm grateful for that I am good at, like I'm good at talking myself through things. You know, when I'm feeling things, like I really have deep conversations in my head. Like, Justin, you're feeling weird because of blah, blah. It's going to pass. You're going to be okay. Like, I'm really good at that. Where some people might want to go drink. The last thing I want to do, do when I'm anxious is go drink. Or like, you know, uh, that freaks me out. So I'm good at kind of looking at the task and getting through it. But is that the best way to deal with it? I don't know. It's just what works for me, you know? Am I going to break down one day? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting here just thinking about how cool you are. Like, you're just such an awesome human. Like, I'm just in awe of uh, at your vulnerability and um, just how you live your life. And I kind of want to selfishly ask you, like, a, a personal question. Like, I strive to be that way, and I think I am that way. But I definitely do have a very vocal part of my brain that's like, well, what if this isn't the content they want to see? What if your views go down? What if this audience didn't come for this? They don't care about it. How do you, do you have those thoughts? Do you fight those thoughts? Because I want to be as free as you. And I think I'm close. I love this conversation so much because I think that it needs to be had so much right now, especially with the world that we live in and social media. And we're all so isolated and even more, you know, we used to a couple of years ago, you could post a picture on Instagram and then run out into the world and do your own thing and then check back and you're like, oh, people like that. And like, whatever. But now we're so in this world where we're just kind of sitting and we, we, we worry about it. I really come from a place where, and I'll try to do this in the quick version. I think if we're trying to build an audience, and I do the quote fingers, I know we're on, on a podcast, but if you're trying to build an audience, like you have to think about like, I want this audience to like me for exactly who I am. So I don't hold back. And I just talk about things. Does everyone want to make me a little anxious? Like, oh, what if that offends someone? I'm like, oh, but I don't, I didn't, I, I know I didn't mean any offense. So I, I want people to like me for exactly who I am. And my biggest fear is pretending to be something. And, you know, I look over your content all the time. I think you're adorable. You're fun. You're 
you have an insane career. Max is adorable. You're in a healthy relationship. But I think you doing your little vulnerable moments when I talk about the Valentine's video, like it literally brought tears to my eyes, you know, and I don't get that a lot on social media. I think so, so much of social media is BS. And I think people right now are craving realness, you know, and so I think about these things. I'm like, oh, what if people um, unfollow me for this or whatever? But I'm like, but I don't want people to follow me that are one click away from unfollowing me. You know, like, I don't have. <laughs> That's friends so like that. true. And I really, I really consider. I love Instagram. I love social media. I love Instagram, and I love TikTok. I live for it. It's so much fun. So if I may, if it became stressful for me, I'd be so bummed. So for me, it's like I'm going to put out stuff that like I like. I'm going to talk about things that I like. I'm always going to be nice because I'm a nice person. I'm a listener. I never want to offend people. I have no intentions of offending people. But there's going to be plenty of things that I say where people are like, oh, he's annoying or he's whatever. You know, I go on my Instagram stories all day long and trust me, there's friends back home who, you know, are in LA trying to be cool all the time. And they look at my stuff and I'm like, Justin, you're such a dork. Like, why do you do that? I'm like, but that's me. And if you followed me around in the house all day, like you'd see me doing these things and my boyfriend loves it. My sister loves it. My best friends. Love it. It's like, I have to do it that way. Otherwise I could not enjoy it. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't stress about every post. That would make me crazy. I love that. I feel like I want to deem it the Justin Anderson method and just adapt it because I'll be sitting on the couch and have an idea or just want to post about something. And then I'm like, mm, well, I don't have the picture for this exact post or mm, well, I don't have uh, the time to write the caption and like read it like as opposed to just filming and just being. And so I want to take, I want to take that leap. Another question that just popped into my head is on the note of you being an awesome human. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to be friends with you. They want to be in your circle. How do you create your circle? What does it take for someone to be someone that you trust? You want to be great friends with, are there certain qualities and like non-negotiables in your relationships? I'm so big on keeping your circle what it, it people I, I'm so big on letting people into my life. I, I so I do. I do a lot of like vetting or whatever. When I lived in Los Angeles and I was a celebrity colorist and I was doing all these big celebrities and I was going to like celebrities parties and birthday parties and doing all these events and whatnot. And I had so many friends and my phone was full of text messages from from people, I wasn't happy and that that didn't make me happy. And since I've moved to Nashville, I've really kind of made everything smaller. And so for me, it's about connection. I want to spend time around people who want to have deep conversations. I want to spend time around people who are who uh, can easily talk about their feelings and not be afraid. I would never judge someone for their feelings and I wouldn't want someone to do that to me. So it's like, I know right away when I like someone, you know, like I started working out with this guy here in Nashville and I started training with him and I loved my trainer in Los Angeles. So it was a, it was a scary thing for me to find a new trainer here. It's so stupid. That's like the, the worst problem to, have, <laughs> the problem to have. But when I met him, I knew within minutes, I was like, oh, I love this guy. The conversations that we started having, he's a straight guy all macho and muscular, but he was immediately comfortable with talking about his feelings and stuff. And like, I just crave that so much now. And that's all I want moving forward, you know, cause I've done the stuff where you talk about fashion and talk about hair. And I was so in that world and I just didn't like it. So it has to be about communication now and vulnerability, vulnerability and communication is everything to me. Love those two Bible in the words of uh, <laughs> celebrities. On, on that same note, you're a breath away from like A-list Hollywood. Not even a breath away. You are A-list Hollywood. I'm just curious. Can you find these relationships in there? Like, is it what they say? You know, you, you hear that song by Ed Sheeran, Beautiful People. Have you heard that song? Yeah, I love Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love <laughs> that song. And the whole song is about like front row at fashion shows, like designer clothes. And just like, and it's all about how that world is superficial. Is it superficial? Because you you lived in it. You still live in it. You have a lot of celebrity friends. Are those just like special eggs you have to find? I could not lie about this answer. And I have to say that like, and I think about this stuff a lot and I talk about it with my close friends. I think the people that I got to work with in Hollywood and I've worked with everyone from, you know, whatever to whatever. And um, people Marco who are- Robbie, uh, Miley Cyrus, Charlize Theron, Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Getting our listeners up to speed. Yeah. The people who are at the top of their game and I got to work with in LA are some of my favorite people ever. And I miss them more than anything. That's what I miss about LA. I miss Jennifer Aniston. I miss Margot Robbie. I miss Miley Cyrus. I miss Gwyneth Paltrow. Chelsea Handler, I love. And these are all women who are at the top of their game, but they are there for a reason. And I've always said that, you know, I've done all these celebrity hair. I would know within minutes if a really 
It's a new actress who was beautiful and she was so talented and she sat in my chair. I would know within minutes whether or not she would be in the game forever. And it all comes down to being kind and being a listener and again, being vulnerable and being able to communicate. And these diva, for lack of better words, like kind of like a bitchy girl that would sit in my chair and I was like, oh, she's the new it girl or whatever. And I'm like, she won't go anywhere. She's not kind. The way she treated my assistants, the way she treated me, talking to me like I was the help. And I, I always knew. So I love all those women. They're incredible. You know, when people talk about somebody like Jennifer Aniston, I mean, Jennifer Aniston's at where she's at because of who she is. You know, Hollywood is such a small world that I think not only is Jennifer Aniston beautiful and talented, but everyone wants to be around her energy. When you're around Jennifer, you're happy. She's kind. She's warm. She looks you in the eyes. She, she talks to you, asks you questions and remembers. Same thing with Miley. Same thing with Margot. Margot Robbie is incredibly smart and she takes her job so seriously and she studies her notes and she studies her characters and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a real career to them. They're passionate about it. They're not thinking about the red carpet. So is there that side to Hollywood? Absolutely. You know, there's people who moved there for the wrong reasons, but I never lasted with those kind of people. When I look back on my celebrity list, the ones who always kind of floated away were the ones who that was their thing. And I didn't do it. I wouldn't sit with somebody in my chair and be like, yes, girl, you look amazing. And we just talk about bullshit. Like I would get deep with my clients, you know, Jennifer Aniston and I, Chelsea Handler and I would like, we would get deep and we would, we would hug and we'd be there for each other. And, uh, so I didn't have that experience. I also don't attract that kind of person because it's just, that's not fun to me. Some people love it. though. Some people love the like drama and the gossip and talking shit. I just never enjoy it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, it just goes back to that quote that small minds talk about people. It keeps going on, but it's like big minds talk about ideas. <laughs> oh, I love stuff like that. I watched this documentary the other day. It was on HBO Max. I think it was called Fake Famous. And it made me so anxious. I was, I was just feeling like weird and icky. And I was watching. I was like, do you feel, I turned to Scoot and I was like, are you feeling weird about this? Like, yeah, I just don't like this. Like, I want to turn it off. And what it was, is it just reminded me of all the things about Los Angeles that I didn't like, you know, because it was talking about these people who are chasing fame and what is fame and what do you actually want? I know what I want out of it. I don't want to be famous. I don't want everyone to know me and love me and put me on this pedestal like, I want to inspire people. I want to do incredible things in life. I want to meet incredible people. I want to have incredible experiences. And so I do think there's two types of fame. You know, I think there's people who want to be adored for whatever reason. And I don't want that. I, I've seen that too. People who have that and it's, it's not fulfilling. <laughs> this is so fascinating to me. And I'm sure you get this all the time. Like these little peasants like me who are like, tell us about the celebrities. No, I don't, I don't get it all the time. And you're asking wonderful questions and you are a deep person. And I'm so, I'm also so attracted to your energy and everything like you, because you're, you're a thoughtful person, you want to know. So it's, it's not you being silly. You're asking the right questions. You know, you're not like, what's Jennifer Aniston's favorite color? But and that's the thing, I think, you know, I'm not trying to get some scoop on one yeah. of these stars so that E! News picks up the pod. But what I am <laughs> trying to figure out is most of us, do look at these celebrities and think like fame is the answer. Money is the answer. Once I get X, Y, Z, I'm going to be happy. And I always have to catch myself in that thought process. Like you, this is probably a different world for you, but like the YouTuber world, like there's some big YouTubers and I'm like watching their house tours and the friends and the whatever. And I'm like, Oh, if only I can't wait till I film a video like that uh. one day. I am so, I'm actually so in touch with the YouTube world. My scoot was on YouTube before and he had a video that had like 25 million views. It went viral. He went on Ellen DeGeneres, but scoot, my partner walked away from all of that because it drove him crazy. He hated the YouTube world. So I really pay attention to it and I compare the two. I think there's YouTube famous and then there's Hollywood actor famous, right? Oh, of course. I want to um, wrap up by just asking you about joy and happiness because it seems like you have figured that out. Um, how do you do it? How do you wake up every day joyful? Um, I, I love life. Like I just love it. I really do. I'm one of those people that I like, I think about things like, I'm like, I feel so lucky everything that I get to do, you know? But, um, I think that's because I put the work in, I wake up every morning and I, I work out. So I put my mindset. Wait, what time do you wake up? Because I need to start doing this. <laughs> I wake up. It's ridiculous. I'm a, a morning person, so it's not hard for me. I'm wide awake at 4.30 in the morning, like ready to go. And that's gross. Nobody should do that or force My themselves to do the it. But I, um, I, I can't fight it because I just, I wake up and I'm really, really excited to start the day. And I love the mornings. I like to do that before everyone. Um, so I, I, I'm excited. I enjoy my life. I don't have to fake it. But um, 
things that keep me going are really, really great music. I 100% believe in eating healthy and taking care of your body. We all know it, but a lot of us are just kind of like, oh, I can't do that or whatever. I promise you, if you work on it a bit more and you start feeling how good it feels, you want to go more in that direction. I don't believe in counting your calories or doing certain diets. It's just, it's not fun for me and it wouldn't work for me, you know, and it would drive me crazy. But I do believe in eating healthy, enjoying yourself when you want. I had three three big brownies last night. And then I, I saw that on Insta. <laughs> but I just feel like, you know, the passing of my dad a few weeks ago, it really shook me again. There's moments in my life that have shook me where it's like, you have to just like appreciate where you're at and saying little things to yourself like, wow, I get to drive a car right now or I get to play whatever song I want in the car. You know, like when I listen to music in the car, like I'm smiling, I'm happy. When I'm laying on the couch next to my boyfriend, I'm like, wow, we, I really feel these things like, wow, we have heat. We have a roof above our head, you know, and I live in a beautiful home and I've done well for myself at this point in my life, but I still am constantly being like, Justin, look how great this is. Like, look what you have. And because the opposite is to focus on the negative. And I don't like the way that feels. There's always going to be bummer things, but I like to make fun of them. Like I make fun of negative things that happen in my life. There's always going to be bummer things. I always love the way you say things like, especially on your IGTV, you're so sly with it. Like you'll say something where if there was a studio audience, they would be hitting the like the laugh track. But you have to be like, you have to be a witty one to catch like these little things you say. Um, But no, I, I love that. And it just sounds like you have immense gratitude. Like you're able to pick up a flower and think about, you know, everything that went into this flower being alive that day. Whereas I may be more at a stage in my life where I'm like, this flower is kind of ugly and smells weird. (laughs) But here's the thing too. And I want to be real because even when I say that, like, I want people to know that there are definite times in my life where like things happen. I'm like, Oh, why did this happen? But I also like, I kind of just feel that. And I let myself feel it. And I let myself talk about it. And thank God I'm in a relationship where, you know, I'll say to my boyfriend, oh, this happened and it really bothers me or this person said, and he, and he says to me, it's okay to feel that way because I think what's worse is when you're around people and they're like, oh, but other people have it worse. That's not that bad. Feel Like, I just think feeling your feelings is so important, you know? And like, when you are sad, you kind of feel it. Let yourself cry, play a sad song and then move on. But it's just like, I really think about like life is kind of like you're floating the ocean. Just like go through it, feel it. If a big wave comes, ride the wave, then the next one happens. And it's like, it's not as hard as it sounds to some people when you're in the, a dark period. I get it. It's hard to come out of it, but it's like, just write it, make fun of it, laugh about it, talk to someone who makes you laugh and be like, oh, I'm going through this shitty day or whatever. Let them make you laugh or let them, right? you know? Um, Gosh, I just had another alarm go off in my head of like, literally here I was with a pen. I'm like, what time do you wake up? Like, I'm ready to write it down. Then you spit out 4.30, which is horrendous. So I don't write that down. But I think to myself, that I was about to try to like take notes on how to accomplish happiness and joy. Boom. And that's it right there. Is that's not what it. we're supposed to do. And it's so funny because I, I post on Instagram all the time and I'm always posting at five o'clock in the morning. You know, people are always like, how do you do it? Whatever. I'm like, if you're not a morning person, don't even fight it. Like I'm not a night owl. You know, I, I like going to bed at eight o'clock. Some people love watching TV by themselves at one o'clock in the morning. Enjoy <laughs> it then. Then that's your time. Because my time at five o'clock in the morning is like, no one's awake yet. That's when I do all my phone stuff. I read dumb stuff. You know, I listen to podcasts. I do whatever. Um, so I embrace that. I've never had to fight for that. Where my boyfriend, he wants to stay up and watch RuPaul's Drag Race at midnight by himself. I'm like, babe, then do it. And don't feel guilty for it. You know, like. I love that. I love that. Wow. Gosh, revelations. Do you have goals like going into the next year? Like, do you set goals or do you continue to just kind of wake up every day and be your best self? I don't have goals. I've always, I I never really got into like the resolutions things just because I never want to put like a marker on when we're supposed to start fresh or whatever. And I especially feel like right now, like everyone needs to just kind of push those aside and just try to get through day by day. But for me, it really is one of those things. It's like, I never want to um, hurt anyone's feelings. I want to be a good person. When people talk about me, I want them to be like, oh, he's never bothered me or or, I love him. You know, like I just go day by day, try to do my thing. And then as far as like work goals and stuff go, I feel comfortable saying I love money. I love success. So I always want my business to do better. You know, I have my own hair care line. We are in Sephora, Ulta. Nordstrom's we went into Amazon this year. And so that's all growing. And I put a lot of time into that. Um, but I like money and success because I want freedom later in life. I want to take care of the people that I love later in life. And that's when I really want to slow down. So for me, it is, it's keeping my business growing, you know, um, that kind of stuff. Um, but it's going well. 
Have you seen that quote that's like, money can't buy happiness, but I'd rather be crying in like a Chanel store? I've like seen a quote like that and I'm like, it's so true. (laughs) Like I grew up in a, like my family was always like, you don't talk about religion, politics or money, you know, don't ask me those things. But I'm like, but you can talk to your good friends about all three of those things. But for me, it's okay to talk about money and ask people who have made a lot of money, ask them how you can be successful, you know, like, it's okay to want to make a lot of money if you want it for the right reasons. You know, for me, it's like, I want to take my favorite friends on vacations. You know, like I want to be able to host an over-the-top Christmas dinner, you know, that's super fun. I want to pay for that it. That sounds so fun. Oh my gosh, I wish you lived in LA. <laughs> <laughs> well, like here in Nashville, you know, it's just my, um, it's just Scoot and I, and we bought a house with six bedrooms here and we put, made all the bedrooms like a guest, like a guest room. It, like really, it feels like a hotel room in each room because I want all my friends to want to come stay here. And I'm like, you guys can stay here for a week. Like we cook dinners every night, all that kind of stuff. Like that to me is success being sharing with people around you, you know? And I think that's mm. okay to like money for those reasons. If you're like, Oh, I want a new Ferrari every six months. You know, I mean, if that makes you happy, I don't think yeah. it will. <laughs> no, I love that sharing the wealth. Justin, thanks so much. This oh, I, I loved that. this conversation. I, um, you live in I LA, right? Awesome. What? You live in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, I do. Well, we have to meet somehow. I'm sure we have so many people in common too, because you went to USC, right? I did. Do you have a USC connection? Well, I grew up in a place called La Cunada, and a lot of people from La Cunada, Pasadena go to USC. I mean, I'm a lot older than you, but I knew, I mean, all my friends went to USC. I know, I'm sure we have so many people in contact, but we're going to hang out in LA. Yeah. Oh my God. I would love to. And honestly, I have to say this because I I, I had to read the room, but my mom is obsessed with you. Oh, I love that. (laughs) And she said that anytime you come to LA, she's going to make you a beautiful home cooked dinner. (laughs) Oh my, well, please do that. I would love that. I love like, I love family time in LA. So I would totally come to a family dinner. Oh my God. That sounds great. I'm, I can't wait for that. That would be amazing. Thank you again so much. Thank you for having me. I feel honored to be here. I I have so many people on my DPQ team. DP is my brand. But everybody, um, there were these three girls who were just obsessed with you. And so that's how I found you, to be honest. Oh my God, three girls that are on your team? Yeah, they love you. And I, I think it's so great because I feel like the right people always find each other, right? And you and I were destined to find each other. We're supposed to be friends. We're supposed to have this connection. And I know- Scoot, all- Max, step aside. <laughs> Soulmates, we have found each other. Well, Max reminds me so much of Scoot, to be honest. So it's like, there's a there's a similarity there. Max is adorable, by the way. You can just feel his kindness in his eyes. <laughs> And his cute little cheeks, like he is a winner. Like he, oh makes, my god, that is so sweet. So, he makes so much sense to me. No, he is, and like literally, you probably feel this way about Scoop, but I could just cry thinking about how much I love that I boy. I cried today in the car. I was driving in the car. I was thinking about Scoop, and I was listening to music, and I just, <laughs> I, just started, I do it all the time. I mean, he's really special, so I'm sure Max oh, is too. <laughs> I love that. Oh my god. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week, seeing behind the scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.